Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. It is our number two of the look at right <clears throat> excuse me. It is our number two of the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, as we wound up having Dave Ross on in the first hour of the show. So big thanks to him doing absolutely tremendous work over there. <clears throat> excuse me, with regards to just a little bit of everything. He does a great job when it comes to when it comes to his show for a strike. He also does a great job every weekend when it comes to the green zone. So big thanks to him. Now it is that time that we've got to be taking a look at what we're all going to be getting on this Wednesday with regards to the college basketball betting board. And as you guys know, with regards to my college basketball work, I always give out one play for the New York Post. And if you wind up missing it this time around, I'm going to be hitting it again, once again, towards the end of the show as well. But what we've got today, we're going to be taking a look at Arizona versus Wyoming as Arizona is right now finding themselves a 15-point favorite against Wyoming. And when it comes to this total, you are finding it anywhere between a 147.5, seeing it as high as a 149, but mostly anywhere between a 147.5 and a 148. And when it comes to the spot, I do think that it's a little bit too lofty on Arizona. You've got a Wyoming team that they've actually already knocked off a Pac-12 opponent. Now, when it comes to what we've seen out of them being able to knock off a Pac-12 opponent, that was Washington, so... I mean, they wound up having a forfeit over the weekend against UCLA. So clearly not a bunch that has been able to do the world's greatest job with regards to holding it down when it comes to Pac-12. But still, this is a Wyoming team that they do a good job of not beating themselves, which is why I do think that they're going to be able to hang in this game. When it comes to the Cowboys of Wyoming, 
They've got five different guys that are able to give you double figures. You got an Arizona team that they themselves are able to say that. Now, when it comes to Arizona, they've been very explosive on offense, one of the most efficient offenses in all of college basketball. But what else this team winds up having is a team that shoots right around 33% from three-point range. I could see that being a little bit of an issue when it comes to this team. And when you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of the Cowboys, this is a bunch of which they've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to knock down their threes. Now, both of these teams have been incredibly efficient on the defensive end. And when it comes to Arizona, they've actually really pumped up their tempo this year. When they were under the tutelage of Sean Miller, they were a team that they were more towards the middle of college basketball. You would typically find them with regards to possessions per game right around like 150, 160, things like that. They're right now in the top 20 with regards to total possessions per game, which I think that that's a little bit intriguing, so they've really pumped it up. Meanwhile, you've got a Wyoming team that they're in the second year of the Jeff Linder era. He's coming from Northern Colorado. He's been able to do a tremendous job with this team. They wound up playing a little bit faster last year. This year, they've been a tad bit slower, but I attribute that a little bit more to the competition that Wyoming's been playing. Take a look at Wyoming. They do wind up playing against Washington, but they also wind up playing a couple, shall we say, dregs like Arkansas Pine Bluff as well. So I do think that that has a little bit of something to do with it. But when it comes to this Wyoming team, I do think that they're going to be able to hang in this game because they do have quite a few guys that are able to do a nice job. And you've had Graham E.K. be able to give you right around 20 points per game. He's been able to do a tremendous job when it comes to this team. You take a look at the flip side for this Arizona bunch, and Azulis Tabellis has been very good. He's been able to chip in there darn near 16 points per game along with Christian Coloco. So those two guys have been able to come together, and they've been able to do a terrific job down low when it comes to this team. But I do think that Wyoming is going to be able to hang in there to the tune of 15 points. I set this more around a 12-point line myself. So I do see a little bit of differential when it comes to this Wyoming team. I do think that they're going to be able to do a nice job hanging in there against an Arizona bunch. I mean, let's call it what it is. They've been absolutely tremendous to start the year. With regards to my personal rankings, Arizona has been one of the fastest risers when it comes to just college basketball in general. Now, the fastest risers are actually teams that <clears throat> they are teams that they just wound up being just completely off in general because when you take a look at a team like a Bethune-Cookman who wound up opting out of the year last year, a team like Maryland Eastern Shore, these are teams in which, well, you didn't have any expectations for them and they've been able to cover darn near every game. And Cornell is actually one of those teams as well. They're going to be playing against Virginia Tech on Wednesday themselves. They have went 7-0 against the spread. I do feel like because you do wind up having some of those teams that they just had no data from last year. They wound up getting a little bit mispriced by both myself and bookmakers. So that is something that I've looked at. But when it comes to the actual fortified teams, Arizona has been able to rise up there. Iowa State, a team that I think is going to be very fascinating moving forward. They've been up there as well. But what I think is going to allow Wyoming to be able to hang in this game is the fact that you do have that, let's call it what it is, like today's called three-point shooting. And when it comes to this Arizona team, they do a solid job of being able to generate turnovers. They're not necessarily the world's greatest team. And what Wyoming, I think, is going to do is they're going to try to avoid attacking the rim a little bit more, try to take a couple more outside shots because you do have an Arizona bunch that they are getting right around seven blocks per game with Christian Coloco headlining that with three and a half blocks per game. So interesting spot here. I do think that Wyoming is going to be able to hang in there. My official New York Post play today is going to be Wyoming being able to get 15 points if it winds up moving upwards because 
I don't think that too many people are going to be fading Arizona in this spot. All the better, and let's just hope it turns out a little bit better than the one that we wound up seeing on Tuesday because I wound up giving out the under in the Temple versus the Vanderbilt game. That was a game of which it was literally 46 of 41 with a minute 30 left in regulation and it wound up going over the total of 135. That's all that needs to be said about that. So we're going to be hoping for a little bit of better luck on this one because, quite frankly, it can't get much worse than that. Closing total was 133.5. So I mean, it would have covered that number very easily. It just was one of those things in which a good call did not wind up getting there. That'll sometimes happen when it comes to sports betting. What else winds up happening when it comes to taking a look at college basketball is conference matchups. And we've got a couple strange conference matchups as you do have one between Indiana, Wisconsin. It's always so strange, in my opinion, when you wind up seeing these games that are conference games that are in very early December. We wind up seeing a couple from the Pac-12 in very late November as well. But when it comes to this Indiana versus Wisconsin game, you got Wisconsin find themselves as a three and a half point favorite, and your total on this game it is one thirty-two and a half. But when it comes to this Wisconsin team, I've been warming up to them a little bit on offense because you do have Johnny Davis, a guy that's able to give you 20 points per game, a guy that is shooting 40% from three-point range, and then you've got Ryan Davidson, a little bit more of the Wiley veteran, who's been able to give you 15 points per game. Now, the key for Wisconsin is they don't need to win the battle down low, but they do need to play relatively even up. When it comes to Indiana, where they've really been able to thrive, is Trace Jackson Davis being able to take over games. With Trace Jackson Davis, this is someone that has been absolutely superb when it comes to this team. He's been able to chip in there 20 points per game. He's been able to, more like 16 points per game, be able to give you eight rebounds per game as well. Just a good low post presence when it comes to the team. And Indiana, they've pumped up their tempo a little bit themselves. They've actually ranked in the top 30 with regards to total possessions per game. Now, a little bit of that is because they did wind up playing a triple overtime game against Syracuse, but when it comes to this Indiana bunch, I do think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to hold in there down low. But when it comes to this Wisconsin team as well, you do have someone in Tyler Wall, who I think is going to be able to do a nice job down low, be able to give this team right around a block and a half per game. And then when you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of this Indiana bunch, the backcourt has been suspect with regards to their turnovers, right around 15 and a half turnovers per game. What Wisconsin does a good job of is the little things. This is a team that is shooting right around 79% at the free throw line. You've got a bunch of which they are shooting from three-point range relatively solid, but the big thing with them as well, 10 turnovers per game. So I do think that Wisconsin is going to be able to do a good job of just being able to do the little things. You've got a very talented Indiana front court, but I do fear that someone like Xavier Johnson going to commit a couple too many turnovers. Wisconsin is going to be in front of their home faithful as well. And that's something that you've got to take a look at when it comes to the Big Ten in general. We wound up seeing a few years ago, home court advantage really mattered out there in the Big Ten. Now, I feel like just across the board when it comes to college basketball it matters, but there are certain conferences in which you wind up just having some big home court advantages. The Big Ten is one of them. The Summit League is actually one of them as well. I think you'd be surprised to know that because with the Summit League, you've got so much travel because you've got the Quad Cities, you've got the Dakotas, you've got like Oklahoma with Tulsa being represented by Oral Roberts. So I think that that's something that you got to be taking a look at when it comes to your handicapping. But that Wisconsin has a five and a half point favorite. And I think that this is a little bit surprising because I don't take a lot of overs when it comes to Wisconsin basketball. 
currently seeing a 132 and a half. I like this over. I want to take this total at 133 and a half. Wisconsin hasn't been quite as slow as they typically are in past years. Now they're still in the bottom 75 with regards to total possessions per game, but typically you find this team closer to the bottom 20, bottom 30. So that's something that I take a look at. So I do think that there might be a little bit of value to the over. And when it comes to what we're going to be seeing out of another Big Ten matchup, Michigan State versus Minnesota, I'm very intrigued by this one as well. As Right now you've got Michigan State, and if you're taking a look at rotation numbers with regards to this, you're going to be finding this game at game number. We're going to pull this up for you, 703-704. You've got Michigan State. It's currently finding themselves as a favor. You're going to be finding them right in the neighborhood about 6.5 to 7. This has come up from the opener of 5.5, and your total on this game is anywhere between 133.5 and 134. And when it comes to Michigan State, it's a bunch of which I think they, they should be able to win this game outright, but we've got to give a little bit of respect to, to Minnesota. I was a little bit questionable when it comes to this Minnesota team prior to their win against Mississippi State, but as a double-digit underdog, they go on the road. They win the game outright. Now, for Minnesota, the big thing for them, they don't necessarily have a lot of depth. You've got four or five guys that are able to score for this team. Sean Sutherland, it looks like he's going to be questionable for this game, so you want to be noting that he's a transfer from New Hampshire that has been able to give this Minnesota team right around nine points, four boards per game. He's been able to do a relatively solid job there, but when it comes to Michigan State, I think that they might have a little bit of a tough time with Jamison Battle. And I'm going to be hitting on this on the other side. We're going to be continuing on because we've got quite a few games on the college basketball betting board that I do have to hit for what is going to be a jam-packed college basketball Wednesday. And then in 15 minutes as well, we're going to be chatting with our good friend Matt Humans right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, as you're listening to the look at. So more college basketball on the other side. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. The VEASAN Bowl Guide is almost here, and it has everything that you need to bet smarter on every single bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, and data, along with predictions for you to be able to help make your best bets. The guide is designed to be able to give you an edge, whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide is dropping on December 13th, so be sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 as at visa.com slash subscribe. We are back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and you know what? We are taking a look at to some college basketball coming up on the other side. By the way, we're going to be having Matt Humans on. We're going to be talking some college basketball. We're going to be talking some college football with him. So always a good time whenever we get Matt Humans on. Does a great job with the edge, the opening line show, and you always can catch him weekly in point spread weekly. But we were talking a little bit earlier about this Minnesota versus Michigan State game. And when it comes to Minnesota, what I think is going to be key for them, not turning the ball over. And I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job. We got a Michigan State team that they don't necessarily seek, seek out a bunch of seals. Now, they've got a guy in Marcus Bingham Jr. that's able to give you three blocks per game. But I take a look at this spot, and I think that it's a couple too many because I did wind up setting this Minnesota team as a four-point underdog in this spot. I think that with Michigan State, it's a little bit of a jury's out situation when it comes to the outside shooting. They have been able to do a better job on offense this year. They're shooting as a collective. 36.7% from three-point range, but Minnesota has been able to do a relatively solid job putting the clamps down, and I was mentioning it a little bit earlier. Home court advantage, big in college basketball. Minnesota, by the way, prior to February last year, they were like one of the most magical home teams in all of college basketball. And you just take a look at the way that Minnesota has been able to defend. I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. I do like the over as well. I do think that it's a case in which when you wind up getting in these sorts of spots where you wind up having a four or six point game with a minute left to go, you know what that means. The march to the free throw line. People are just hacking left and right to be able to try to prolong the game. So I take a look at this spot. I set my total at 136. I'm taking a look at the over. And when it comes to Minnesota, made them a four-point dog. So getting six and a half here, I do think is relatively solid value. And 
seeing a couple sevens pop out there. So always be sure to try to shop along, try to be able to try to get the best line humanly possible when it comes to that. We've got to be hitting on a game between the Big East and the Big 12 as they're having a showdown, and it's UConn versus West Virginia. And as of right now, West Virginia is 686 on your betting board, so this is 685, 686. They went from a one-point favorite. Now you're finding them anywhere between a two and two-and-a-half-point favorite. And your total on this game, it is between 138 and 138 and a half. And when you take a look at this UConn bunch, they are going to be dealing with some injuries. Odama Sanogo, he is going to be out of this game due to injury. You've had Therese Martin be missing a few games as well. He has been a little bit banged up, but despite those injuries, I do like UConn to be able to win this game outright. It's a West Virginia team that you've got one guy that's right now giving you more than five rebounds per game. Gabe Obershone's been able to give you a little bit of something, but if there is good news, it is their star freshman, Christian Okunkwo. He is going to be back in the fold for the team. He wanted making his debut against Radford a few days ago. Problem is, he only wanted to play in five minutes, so I don't think that he's going to be able to make too much of an impact when it comes to this game, when it comes to UConn as well. I think that they've got the best floor general out there, and that'd be RJ Cole. RJ Cole, a transfer from Howard, to be able to give the team 16 and a half points, a little bit over four assists, and you've got a UConn team that coming into the season, I thought that they would be stout on defense, but offense, I thought that there was going to be a little bit of question mark, and boy, oh boy, they have been able to come through, and they've been able to come through in grand fashion. This is a bunch that is shooting in the high 30s from three-point range, so They've been able to do a nice job there. And then when it comes to this West Virginia team, it's a bunch of which are just not shooting the same from three as they did last year. And then they also are shooting darn near 66% the free throw line. Meanwhile, UConn, they shoot more around 75% the free throw line. So I think that that's going to be a big factor when it comes to this game as well. Tommy Pauly has been able to give this UConn team darn near 10 points per game. Now, Taz Sherman has been the best overall scorer on either side this season as Sherman has been able to give this West Virginia team right around 21 points per game. But he and Sean McNeil are really the only guys that are draining outside shots for the team. So that has been concerned. I did a little bit of a flipperoonie here myself. The books right now have West Virginia is right around a two-point favorite. I want to make them a two-point underdog. So I take a look at the spot. I do think that there is what value on UConn on the money line. I'd be willing to lay a point or two when it comes to UConn. And I did wind up saying this all at 134.5. West Virginia seems to be getting back to a little bit more of their pressing style. It's sort of a hybrid of what we've seen in recent years for them. That You may remember a few years ago when they had Derek Culver along with Oscar Sheboy. They were doing a little bit more with regards to playing just tough man-to-man defense. I feel like they're sort of trying to implement something that is a little bit of a 50-50 approach. But I do think that UConn is going to be able to sniff it out. I do think that they're going to be able to win this game outright. So I take a look at them on the money line. When it comes to what else we're going to be seeing in college basketball with regards to this Wednesday, I think that you've got a really interesting matchup between Ball State and Xavier. Ball State has actually been one of the top teams to the over in college basketball. Now, taking a look at this line, you're finding it anywhere between 18 and 19 with Xavier. I personally have been burnt a little bit by Xavier this year myself. They've been a little bit surprising in the way that they've been able to operate your total on this game. It is 149 and a half. And where the real intrigue is, is when it comes to Ball State, this team has been really good to the over. Ever since the beginning of the 2020-21 season, they are, as a matter of fact, among teams that did not wind up opting out of last year, the best team to the over. 23 overs, 7 unders. I think that the line has been adjusted up a little bit too much. This is a Xavier team that they are pushing tempo a little bit more, but... They're sort of mixing and matching. Zach Fremantle has just gotten back for the team with Fremantle 
Last year, he was the top scorer for them. He's been playing right around 12 and a half minutes per game, and he's been chipping in their three points per game. I would argue that when he's been out there on the court, Xavier's actually been a little bit less efficient rather than when he's been off the court. So that is something that I take a look at when it comes to this. Now, when it comes to Ball State, it's not a team that is necessarily going to be doing a terrific job down low, but at the same time, they are a team that they shoot 42% from three-point range. I do feel like this is a Xavier team that they could be at a little bit when it comes to outside shooting, so I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job in this spot. When it comes to Xavier, you certainly have been able to get quite a bit of rebounding in this in just their games in general. What I think is going to be really key, Kobe Lewis, he's been, or Kobe Jones, he's been able to give you 12.5 points, 10 boards, 3.5 assists, just a guy that stuffs the stat sheet when it comes to this team, but 15 turnovers per game for Xavier, coupled with 67% free throw shooting. You can't continue to do that and be able to cover numbers like this. I think that it's just a case in which the number has gone a little bit too far. Ball State, I think with Myron Thomas being able to give you right around five boards per game, is going to be able to do a solid job. You've also got Luke Bumbleo, a very fun name to say. He's been leading the way with 13 points per game. So I take a look at this spot. I think that we went a little bit too far with Xavier. I set them as a 15-point favorite. So Seeing them at 19, going to be taking a look at the points. Also set this closer to 144.5 when it comes to the total. So taking a look at an under, and I'm going to be taking a look at Xavier, or I'm going to be taking a look at Ball State being able to get all these points against Xavier. When you take a look at another fascinating matchup, it is one that we've seen a little bit of movement on. TCU and Utah wound up opening up a pick, and I think the right move has been made here as TCU is finding themselves as a two-point favorite. And your total on this game is between 134 and 135. But when it comes to this TCU team, they certainly have been a bunch of which have been a little bit up and down. But I think that they should be able to win the battle down low. When it comes to Utah, you do have a seven-footer in Braden Carlson. He's been able to drain right around 33% of his threes. He's been a double-digit scorer for this Utah team. And then you've got David Jenkins, a well-traveled gentleman who was last year playing over at UNLV a few years ago. You may recall he was one of the sharpshooters for that South Dakota State Jacker. I would seem that involved the dominator, Mike Down. But when it comes to TCU, I do think that Emmanuel Miller, someone who winds up coming in from Texas A&M, has been able to get the team darn near 12 points, six half rebounds per game. He's going to be the best low post player in this game. Now with Utah, what they do a good job of is that they do a nice job of being able to cut off the three-point arc. But I don't think that TCU is going to be really inclined to take a lot of threes in this game. So I think that that's going to be going by the wayside a little bit. Utah is a team that they play very slow. You've got a TCU team that they are not looking to gun at themselves. I mean, we've seen Jamie Dixon's teams in the past, and boy, oh boy, this is not too much of an exception from that. So I do feel like this total of 135, it is quite a bit too high. This is, by the way, 693, 684 on the bang board. I set this total personally as a 130, but I want to make a TCU a five-point favorite. So we're starting to drift up. A little bit closer to my line, but I do think that there is still some relatively solid value here when it comes to TCU because I do think that with TCU being able to get back Damian Ba, someone that winds up transferring him from Memphis, he's going to be able to do a nice job of being able to chip in there some points. And then when it comes to Utah, they certainly have been able to get some relatively solid production out of Raleigh Worcester. He's been able to give you right around four assists per game. He's able to chip in there a couple of rebounds. But when it comes to Mike Miles, he's going to be the best scorer out there on the floor, 15 and a half points. Four and a half assists per game. You got a Utah team that they don't necessarily seek out a bunch of seals. They've been able to do an okay job when it comes to their defense, but 4.1 steals per game. What has really killed Mike Miles here this year has been the fact that he's been turning the ball over quite a bit, but I don't think that Utah is going to be able to take full advantage of that. So I do think that you've got good value here when it comes to TCU. 
Also, wind up setting the total at 130 with a pair of teams that just throw out their makeup our defense-oriented team. So I'm taking a look at the under, and I'm taking a look at DCU. And coming up next, we're taking a look at having a great guest on the show. Matt Humans. he does a terrific job with the edge and also the opening line show. Going to be talking some college football and college basketball with them. That's right here on The Lookout on VSIN, the Esports Betting Network. holiday offer is here now when you wind up signing up for our $99 mid-season football special you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store get all of our sports betting experts analysis insights and data for the rest of the football season plus $20 to be able to buy VEASAN sports betting hats shirts mugs and other great gear hurry up this is a limited time offer so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift that's at VEASAN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the lookout with myself Greg Peterson and it is great to be joined by our guests. You're able to catch them every Monday through Friday on The Edge, and then you're able to catch them every Sunday on the opening line show. He's a guy that he winds up being able to give you the first look at all the action for the upcoming weekend. He always talks about it all throughout the week with John Von Tobel as we've got Matt Humans on the show. Follow him at Matt Humans 24-7. And Matt, great to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much. Always great to be on with Hoops Peterson, a one-of-a-kind talent in the sports betting world. Matt, you are as well, my friend. And Matt, I know that you've got some plays when it comes to a lot of these college football bowl games. And I know that you like Notre Dame in one of these spots. Notre Dame is a team that we're currently finding as right around a two-point favorite as they're going to be taking on Oklahoma State when it comes to the Fiesta Bowl. And I think that it's a really intriguing spot because you wind up having the hire that we wound up seeing a few days ago. Obviously, there was a lot going on with the Brian Kelly situation. And there was still a chance that Notre Dame was going to be able to get into the college football playoff. What are you seeing with regards to this game? Because I feel like out of all the bowl games, you've got, with regards to this game, some of the most elements of any of them. Yeah, with a lot of bowl games, uh, you can throw some of the statistical analysis out the window and uh, situational handicap. Handicapping takes precedence in many of these games. And I think this is one of those games. Uh, Notre Dame named its new coach almost as quickly as Brian Kelly found that Cajun accent last week uh, when he went to LSU. And I think Marcus Freeman is going to turn out to be a really good hire. He's a young guy, and this is a really big job for a guy that young. He's 35, I believe, promoted from defensive coordinator. But he's had some big uh, assistant coaching jobs in the past, and he's a master motivator, and the players love him. And I, I think that's the key when you're looking at this uh, – Fiesta Bowl matchup is that these guys are really going to want to play for Marcus Freeman and get him his first win in his first game. And uh, uh, the motivation uh, the motivation angles definitely on the side of the fighting Irish. I also think Notre Dame's offense has been a lot more consistent than Oklahoma State's offense in the last couple of months. Spencer Sanders, the Cowboys quarterback, is a turnover machine. Uh, one of the worst quarterbacks in the country the past two years, a turnover rate. And Jack Cohn's steady, not spectacular for the Irish, but Kyron Williams is a big-time running back. So I think Notre Dame can uh, do a little business against the uh, Cowboys' defense. Obviously, just statistically, Oklahoma State's defense is better, but I think Notre, Notre Dame's defense has been pretty solid uh, the last couple months. But to me, it's more about the situation with Notre Dame's players being fired up to be there and win for Freeman. And you look at Oklahoma State, hey, man, the Cowboys just blew their shot 
at a Big 12 championship and a uh, college football playoff spot. And you, you wonder a little bit about how excited they're going to be to play in this game. That's got to be, that's got to be a hangover effect uh, from what happened in that Big 12 title game, which is not one of Mike Gundy's finest hours. Man, he made some blunders in that game, and Gundy's been known to do that in the past. Uh, but we got a rookie head coach on one side, Gundy on the other, and I'm not afraid to back Marcus Freeman here because I think the motivational angles are with Notre Dame, so I laid the Irish minus two. Yep, you do have a new coach that's going to be coming in at Notre Dame. And when it comes to this one, you've got a pair of teams that are going to be looking at a new coach. You mentioned it with Oklahoma State. They blew their chance at being able to perhaps make the college football playoff, be able to get that Big 12 crown. Oregon had the same opportunity against Utah, and they didn't just lose the game against Utah. It's not like with Oklahoma State where it came down to the final drive. They just got completely whipped around by Utah in that yep. game. Now they have to play against Oklahoma. Oklahoma opened up a four-point favor. We're seeing a lot of four-and-a-halves pop right now, but when it comes to this game, I have not liked Oregon all year long. It always feels like they were just barely scraping by against mediocre competition when they wound up running into Utah both of those times. They wound up getting destroyed. Now you've got an Oklahoma team that they have been playing a little bit of musical quarterbacks, but with that said, Lincoln Riley, the guy that was making the calls on that, he is now out of the fold. How do you wind up seeing this one playing out? Because you've got a pair of teams that wound up losing their coach within the last few days. Yeah, we just talked about Oklahoma State. The Cowboys won their Super Bowl when they beat Oklahoma. I think this is a chance for the Sooners to go into the offseason on a positive note and uh, win a game like this and kind of launch the Brent Venables era uh, under Bob Stoops. And, uh, again, that's it's a situational angle here. Bob Stoops is coming back out of retirement to coach Oklahoma in the bowl game. He's not coming back to lose. You can you can bet uh, you can bet big on Bob Stoops doing everything he can to win this game, uh, and this game is also in San Antonio. So I think the location and motivational factors both favor Oklahoma here. You're going to have a really pro Sooners crowd, and uh, at the Alamo Bowl, there's no doubt about it. And on the on the flip side, you got a, a lame Ducks team uh, because Mario Cristobal's out. You said you never liked Oregon all season. It was hard not to like Oregon after uh, the win at Ohio State, but I agree with you in the big picture. I always felt like the Ducks were not as good as they looked that day. The Mario Cristobal was a, a very poor game management coach. And um, the Ducks got whipped, not once, but twice by Utah in the last three weeks. So how many players are going to follow Cristobal out the door? We know Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, possible number one pick in the NFL draft is not going to play. How many other players are going to be sidelined for this game? I just don't see uh, Oregon being excited to be in this game. Plus, you have all the coaching upheaval. It's a really negative situation for Oregon. And I think Bob Stoops' return is going to be a real positive deal uh, for Oklahoma. Plus, Caleb Williams has played really well at times, a quarterback uh, for the Sooners. And I'm a lot higher on him than I am on Anthony Brown. But I think um, Oklahoma is a pretty good bet here. I laid three and a half with the Sooners, and uh, that number has been creeping up for obvious reasons. The only thing that I hope for Oklahoma is that when Bob Soup says that he's coming out of retirement just once, that he doesn't pull a Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, and it felt like in every single bowl game that Wisconsin was in, Barry Alvarez is coming out of retirement <laughs> to be able to coach up the team. But it worked darn near every single time with them, yep, aside yep. from that one Rose Bowl. So I'm right there with you. I do like the angle of that. And I think that this is an interesting angle as well. I know that you've got to play here on Western Michigan versus Nevada. It's a quick lane bowl out there in Detroit, Michigan. 
You've got Western Michigan, who's going to be playing in pretty much your home state against Nevada, who's coming out here from the desert, and they're going to be heading to the Midwest to be able to play a game in Fort Field. You're finding Nevada in a lot of spots right around a one-point favor. You're finding a couple pick em prices with a total between 60 and 61, and I think that you've got to be factoring in the fact that Western Michigan is going to be playing on their home field, and in general, it's a Nevada team that they barely scrape by in a lot of their games against lesser competition as well. So not sure what you wind up seeing in this one, but I do think that Western Michigan playing in their home state is something that needs to be considered in this. Yeah, I've been pro-Nevada most of the year. I bet Nevada over the win total is seven and a half. It didn't get there until the last week of the season when the Wolfpack blew out of Colorado State on the road. And ironically, Jay Norvell, who coached that game, uh, decided to switch sidelines afterwards and take the Colorado State job, which was a stunner to me. You could say it's a lateral move to go from Nevada to Colorado State. I actually think it's a step down in the Mountain West. I'm, I'm really uh, mystified why he would make that uh, move to Colorado State. I received a text from a good source on Monday morning that Norvell was leaving and that Carson Strong, star quarterback, probably was not going to play in this uh, bowl game, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. Carson Strong's had a couple of nagging knee injuries in the past, and uh, he's an NFL draft prospect. He's probably not going to go until the middle rounds, but still it's a business decision for a lot of these guys. Why play in a meaningless, meaningless bowl game well, when you're an NFL prospect? And uh, I think it makes sense for Carson Strong not to play in this game. So if you're in Nevada and you lose your coach and possibly your quarterback, how excited are you going to be uh, to go to Detroit to play Western Michigan in this minor bowl game. I don't think very excited at all. Again, this is a situational handicapping angle where, yeah, I think Nevada is a better team, but if you subtract Carson Strong, Greg, I think he might be worth as much as eight points to the line. And we saw Nevada open uh, around six, six and a half point favorite in this game. It's dropped all the way to pick him. I got Western Michigan a plus three and a half. Uh, when I got that news, that, that number was dropping fast. I would still bet Western Michigan a pick. Right now, uh, by the way, this Broncos team's pretty good. They beat Pitt on the road in September 44-41. to Caleb Ellaby's a pretty good quarterback who beat Kenny Pickett head up that day. And uh, Western Michigan's also, as you noted, has the home advantage here uh, playing in its home state. And uh, I think all the motivation lies on that side, too. Again, so a lot of times with these bowl games, we're not talking about statistical comparisons or maybe even personnel matchups. And some of the some of these minor bowls, we're talking about uh, situational handicapping angles, and I think this one definitely points to Western Michigan, especially if Carson Strong is going to be out, as some people are saying. And you're going to be able to get analysis like this and so much more out of the Veasan Bowl Betting Guide as well, which I know that Matt Humans is going to be a big part of. So he wound up dropping a few good ones with regards to our chat here. And coming up next, we're going to be keeping Matt Humans on the other side because. Myself and him, we absolutely love college basketball. We've got a really good slate that is going to be coming up for Wednesday. We've got a couple Big Ten matchups that we're going to be hitting on and so much more. So we're going to be keeping Matt aboard. The talks of college basketball next right here on The Look Ed on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tracker available now at vcin.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to vcin.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to find the trends and follow the best value when it comes to odds to be able to win MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game. That is at vcin.com slash NFL as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and we still got on the horn. Matt Humans does a great job. With regards to the edge every Monday through Friday, which you're able to hear right here on VEASAN. And then every Sunday, he does the opening line show with John Von Tobel as well. And when I wound up seeing the opening line for what we're going to be getting with Wisconsin versus Indiana, I was a little bit surprised. I know that we were talking a little bit about this one off air, but right now you're finding Wisconsin as a three and a half point favorite. And you're finding this total at 133 and a half. It's a Wisconsin team that I came into the year a little bit bearish on. I'm 
Someone from the state of Wisconsin, I was expecting a little bit of a letdown, but I really warmed up to the team after what I wound up seeing in Maui. This is a bunch of which are lone loss wound up coming without Johnny Davis on the floor. He's certainly going to be playing in this one, and I think that Indiana is just fine, but when it comes to the spot, how do you wind up evaluating this? Because I personally want to make it Wisconsin a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I made Wisconsin a five-point favorite. By the way, you did not see the Badgers in Maui. You you saw them in the Maui Invitational. Maui Invitational in Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, because I was there too, and uh, like you, I was surprised. I was pretty impressed by the Badgers, and uh, going into the season, uh, you and I did a lot of work on the VCN College Basketball Betting Guide. I did my top 50 power ratings, and I had Wisconsin at number 51, and I just wasn't sure what Greg Gard had. And, uh, well, we found out that he's got a better team than we thought. And uh, I, I, I really uh, see a lot to like in this Wisconsin team. I'm surprised this number's three. And like you mentioned, do you think oddsmakers just have not adjusted quickly enough um, to how good the Badgers appear to be? I'm, I'm not really sure how good Indiana is at this point. Indiana's played the majority of its games at home, did play Syracuse on the road uh, a week ago. I was on Syracuse in that game, and the Orange almost blew it and uh, ended up winning in double overtime. But Indiana relies so heavily on the offensive end on Trace Jackson Davis. Race Thompson's become a pretty good player, too. I'm still not convinced Indiana's ready to win games like this on the road. And uh, after watching uh, the Badgers play in Vegas, I said, well, this might be a play on team in the Big Ten. So I think this is a spot here. Right now, Circa's got the best number. And uh, if you like Wisconsin like you and I do, uh, lay the three because it's three and a half most spots in the market, and you never know what uh, late game situations are going to arise. And uh, you always try to lay the best number on a game. I know you took a bad beat tonight on a total, oh. uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not to bring up a, a sore subject for you. But uh, I always hate to lay uh, three and a half if there was a chance I could lay three, and I think Wisconsin minus three. Is a pretty good number here because, like you said, I made a five. I probably would have laid the five, uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and lay the cheaper price here. You said you made the number five and a half, so I agree with you here. Yep, I am still salty about that Temple versus Vanderbilt game, but you know what? When you wind up doing sports betting and you wind up playing volume, it's going to happen to you. You just have to keep in mind that at some point they're going to even out. That is the best approach to be able to take. And to Matt's point, always shop around for the best numbers <laughs> when it comes to college basketball as yep. well because these numbers move and they move very quickly. So as you're listening to this, if you're listening to the replay, these numbers might have moved already on you as well. So I mean, it's just one of these things in which it's just so paramount to be looking at college basketball overnight, in my opinion. And here's a number that's already moved. You've got BYU versus Utah State, 7-15, BYU winds up opening up in eight and a half point favorite. I thought that that was a little bit out of whack. I personally made this line seven. And lo and behold, Right now, we're seeing between 6.5 and 7 on BYU, so we've already seen a two-point line move. Total's maintaining relatively steady. Open up at 136.5, finding this between 137.5, and I'm seeing a straight 138 out there as well. I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but I think that this is a little bit more of the appropriate line. I want to take the 8.5 with Utah State. I thought that that was very good value on them. I like the way that Odom has come in and been able to coach up this team, but I have a lot of respect for BYU as well. You know, the worst bet I made of the college basketball season was Oregon over BYU <laughs> in that game that was, I was played on that too. Portland. Man, that was sick. I, I, I was embarrassed that I was on Oregon that night, and I said, what is going on with Dana Altman's team? And I, after watching that game, I said, well, I'm not going to be on the Ducks for a while. And it, it kind of went from bad to worse. 
for Oregon. Uh, but BYU, I think, is pretty legit. Now, if you go back a week, the Cougars lost at Utah Valley, and uh, the Wolverines were fired up. That was their game of the year to get BYU in their home arena, and they pulled it off. But a big part of uh, Utah Valley winning that game was the flu had riddled BYU's locker room, and a lot of guys were just wiped out. And uh, that, that was something you wouldn't know unless you uh, read about it in the Salt Lake papers. So I'll, I'll kind of draw a line through that. I'm not going to downgrade BYU much for what happened against a Utah Valley team that's uh, better than uh, most people probably think. By the way, Greg, I know you know about everything there is to know about college hoops. Uh, do you know what Utah Valley's record is is in overtime games this season? I would imagine that it's 2-0. and 4-0. and Oh, wow. They played four overtime games. I knew that they were relatively solid there. And Utah Valley is a team that I actually have quite a bit of respect for as well. And how about if we talk about that game, Utah Valley against Southern Utah. Right now you've got Southern Utah who opened up a five-and-a-half point favorite. Seeing movement here at DraftKings are down to four-and-a-half. Seeing a lot of fives out there, but we have seen a little bit of a move here. Do you feel like people have been a little bit overreactionary on Utah Valley, or do you feel like this is a little bit more of an appropriate number? Because I think that Southern Utah's metrics might be thrown off a little bit because they should have won that game against Cal. For some reason, they didn't have a free throw that wound up counting. So then they wound up going to overtime and then double overtime, lost to Cal. That's just a really, really bad beat right there if you wound up having Southern Utah. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is a really fascinating game too. Yeah, I don't know how the scorekeepers can make that error and not count a free throw. That's terrible. Game, you don't don't see that too often, maybe once every 10 years in college hoops. But I like the Southern Utah team. Todd uh, Simon, former UNLV assistant, done a really good job. He's taken a team that was in the uh, basement of the Big Sky to near the top of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, The Thunderbirds were 20-4 and last season, Greg, and uh, they got a lot of veterans on this team. I think four senior starters, if I'm I'm correct. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a week since Utah Valley knocked off BYU. If it was just two or three days later, I think it'd be a better spot to bet against Utah Valley uh, because of the impact of that win over BYU. But I still think this is probably a decent spot for uh, Southern Utah if if, uh, the T-Birds can contend with Utah Valley's height here. I think that um, Southern Utah might be a decent play, but I yeah five was I think a probably a, just a little bit too much for me to lay in this game. I'm not sure if you have a play on it or not, but that that's about right where I made the numbers, so uh, I, I decided not to play this game. Did you? At Southern Utah, I'm really looking at them right now because I'm seeing the summer crash. Mm-hmm. I set the number at eight personally, just because I do think that okay. Utah Valley going to have a tough time with regards to the guards it's just a utah valley team that we saw them last year really struggle at the free throw line as well in southern utah i think has a lot of explosiveness now being able to contain a mcdowell who's giving you 15 rebounds per game has been absolutely mm-hmm. insane that's going to be the difficult part but i think that southern utah going to be up for the task with that and it's going to be interesting to see if san diego state is going to be able to give us a little bit more because i've been a little bit shocked at how bad this offense is now they're going up against a cal state fullerton team that I'm not necessarily too high on as well. EJ Onasiki has been good for the team, but the backcourt in general has really struggled for Cal State Fullerton. We've seen them go mm-hmm. from a 13.5 point underdog with Cal State Fullerton down to a 12.5, and, and totals 129.5. Not sure what you wind up making out of San Diego State, but I think that this could be a little bit of a good get-right spot for them. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you know, I thought the Aztecs were in a tough spot at Michigan because Wolverines got embarrassed by North Carolina. Body clock game, too. Uh, What's that? Body clock game, too. Oh, yeah, it was, it was an early game in Ann Arbor. 
And uh, Aztecs hung in there for a while, and then uh, Michigan pulled away in one big. So I was not really surprised by the outcome of that game. But I'll tell you, when I when I analyzed the Mountain West Conference before the season, I know a lot of people I respect said uh, they ranked San Diego State number one. I did not. I had Colorado State the top team in the conference, and I was not that high on, on San Diego State. I think the Aztecs got some offensive deficiencies. Uh, they're always good on the defensive end of the floor, and they've got athletes and pretty good rim defense. But uh, I wonder about the Aztecs on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, I did want to ask you, Quickly, I know we're about out of time. These segments go fast, Greg. I'm looking at Minnesota plus seven at Michigan. Or, uh, home, home dog. The Gophers is home dogs catching seven against Michigan State. In a game that I think is really intriguing matchup, a Mountain West Pac-12 game. I love what Tommy Lloyd's doing at the co- as coach at Arizona, former Gonzaga assistant. But Arizona way in 15 to Wyoming. Did you play either of those games? I wound up taking the points with Wyoming. That is actually going to be my New York Post play of the day. I want to come to the Minnesota versus Michigan State game. I'm going to be taking the points with Minnesota. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this game off outright, but Minnesota has been really good on defense. Michigan State, I feel like they're playing a little bit above their heads when it comes to three-point shooting. So that's what I'm looking at with both of those, Matt. Yeah, uh, Greg, I don't disagree. I actually think Minnesota should be a live dog in that game at the Big Ten tomorrow night. Seven's a higher number than I made it. I, and, uh, I know that the I know the Gophers haven't played the strongest schedule, but I think they could uh, stand up to the Spartans tomorrow night. Greg, always great to talk to you, buddy. I agree with you, Matt. Always great to have you aboard. Thank you. As our number three of the look at comes your way next. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 